Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We want to continue our series of podcasts today called Harder Things. If you've been joining us for the past several weeks, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 6, talking about the armor of God. And Paul has told us that we need several pieces of armor, spiritual armor, in order to fight this battle against the devil. And this past Sunday, we looked at in our church the helmet of salvation, and that's what we want to talk about today. As we talk about letting go in order to put something on, uh, see, the helmet of salvation is a piece of spiritual armor. These things aren't physical, of course. We don't actually physically put on any helmet or shield of faith or shoes or belt, but spiritually we need to. And these spiritual pieces of armor are really vital for us fighting the battle against the devil because he's strong and he's smart and he's really determined to destroy us. And God has given us pieces of armor to put on, to wear in order to fight off the attacks of the devil, but not only fight them off, but actually to go on the offense for him. And the helmet of salvation is what we want to talk about today because he told us to put it on, put on the helmet of salvation, take it with you into battle. And we talked about a lot of good things on Sunday. We talked about what is salvation? How important is it to us? How do you get salvation? And we talked about this, that helmet of salvation offers us hopeful courage, that every warrior in battle knows what it's like to have hope, hope that you will win, hope that you will finish your battle, hope that you'll come through safe on the other side. But every warrior also needs something called courage because battle is scary. Battle is hard. Battle is dangerous. And I think the Christian needs that more than any warrior in the physical realm is we need hopeful courage. And in order to get that hopeful courage, we have to put the helmet of salvation on. But I, I want to look at this idea today, and I think this is the harder thing, is that we need to take a few things off in order to put the helmet of salvation on. We didn't really talk about that on Sunday, and I want to talk about that today. Because it's like any piece of clothing. If you want to put on a new piece of clothing, you've got to take the old garment off, right? That's just simple. And we see this kind of put-off, put-on practice in Scripture where it tells us to put off old deeds and put on new deeds that glorify our God. And I think that kind of works with these pieces of armor. Sometimes we need to put a piece of armor on because we are learning this for the first time. And sometimes we've created bad habits or we're wearing false things, things that actually won't help us in battle. And I, I think that works with the helmet of salvation. I have a four-year-old daughter and my daughter Adelaide has had the same blanket ever since she was born. And I think a lot of kids are like this, but my daughter Adelaide has this blanket uh, that she had since she was an infant, and this blanket, she's attached to it. She loves it. And you can imagine what the blanket looks like after four years. It's kind of worn and tattered and falling apart, but she loves this blanket. It, it actually literally, literally is to her like a security blanket. And so she has to have this blanket wherever she goes. And the challenge for us as parents is to let her have her blanket at certain aspects, but remind her that it can't go everywhere with her. It can't go to the bathroom with her. It can't go to church with her. She can't bring it to the dinner table. She has to be able to let her blanket go. And eventually, once she's get to a certain age, she's going to have to let it go entirely because that's not a good thing for an older kid to be doing. Certainly not an adult is to carry around an actual security blanket. But for our four-year-old daughter, we kind of get it because it brings her comfort. And it brings her a little bit of security. And, and four-year-olds, probably like any of us, have fears and things that they're scared about. And, and they, they need comforting things. I think that's maybe why we grow an attachment to certain things. And my daughter Adelaide has a blanket. 
uh, myself, <laughs> you would think that adults don't have this. And I don't necessarily have something that I think is a security blanket, but I do have this pillow that I use. And some of you have actually heard this story, but uh, I have this pillow that I've been using for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. And it's a pillow that I use on my bed. It's kind of a couch pillow, but it's one of those pillows that just kind of fits perfectly for your head. And at the beginning, it was nice and cushy and soft. And now it kind of looks like a pancake. And Janine laughs at me because the pillow is barely a pillow anymore, but it's, it's a pillow that I like. It's a pillow that I enjoy using. And on several occasions, we've actually tried to go out and shop and find this pillow's replacement. And we've tried two or three times thinking, oh, we got it close. We found a pillow that's just like it and we bring it home. And, and I try the new pillow out for a few days and it's just not the same. <laughs> so I end up kind of going back to the old pillow just because I think the old pillow is better. I don't know if you're like that with anything, but sometimes the older thing is just better. And I, I, honestly, I honestly don't think it's a security pillow for me, but it is a pillow that I like. And my wife is trying to help me find a new pillow. And how weird is this? So that I can let my old pillow go away. It's kind of like our daughter Adelaide, but um, I keep going back to the old one. And I think we kind of do that spiritually. I think there's things that we're learning that we need to do as Christians. We need to put on these pieces of armor and we think that's right. We think that's good. But sometimes when you're putting on a helmet of salvation, it's not going to go on properly because you already have some kind of hat you're wearing, some kind of thing that's on your life. That's The helmet of salvation isn't going to go over. And what I mean by that is if the helmet of salvation brings hope, and we talked about this on Sunday, that there's a lot of forgeries out there. There's a lot of forgery salvations, unfortunately, and there's a lot of forgery hopes out there. And I honestly think in order to find the proper hope that the salvation brings us, we got to let go of some false hopes. Those false hopes don't work together with the true hope that salvation brings. And although we, will, we all want more hope, we all want extra hope, salvation doesn't work alongside the forgeries. We talked about on Sunday how I went to this ride once called Max Air at this theme park called Cedar Point. And in Max Air... I go on this ride that swings you way up in the sky and brings you around and around in a circle and and it's quite high and you're going very, very fast. And during one part of the ride, I actually came out of my seat, which sounds incredibly dangerous, but I had a harness around me. And as I came out of my seat, the harness was holding me in position 100% of me. All of my weight was upon that harness. Not one ounce of me was still in my seat in my chair. And I was thankful for the security, the pushback that that harness gave me because it felt secure. It felt like it wasn't going to give way. And as we talked about on Sunday, salvation is much like that. In order to be truly saved, you have to let go of other false saviors. You have to let go of your works. You have to let go of other things that you think are going to give you security and hope. And you have to let them go and put your entire weight and dependency upon Jesus Christ. And if you don't, you're not saved because Jesus does not work and coincide with other false and forgery things. He has to be the only savior in our life. And I think that also works with the helmet of salvation. And if we're going to put the helmet of salvation on, if we're going to get the, get the real true hope that the helmet of salvation offers us, we have to let go of the other false forgery hopes. And what I want to do is I want to rattle through a list that I worked through in my own mind of false hopes forgery hopes, if you will, hopes that aren't real hope because they don't last. If you will, we can call them security blankets, things that we have a hard time letting go of. Now, even if we want salvation and want eternal security, 
we still have a difficulty of letting go of these things because we feel kind of like the the ride I just told you about. If the harness isn't going to hold me, I want to know that I'm still secure in my seat. Because it's hard and it's difficult to depend upon one thing alone, isn't it? Because if that one thing alone goes, we have nothing else to hold on to. And a lot of us want some kind of plan B. If we're going to follow Christ, we want to know that if that doesn't work out, we still have these other things to fall back on. But I'm just telling you, based on the knowledge of the Bible, it doesn't work that way. Jesus will only save those who put their entire weight and entire dependency upon him to say to Jesus, you are the only Savior that I need. Nothing else can save me. Nothing else can give me hope. You are all that I need, Jesus. And I want to look at a list of things that I think we, myself included, have a hard time letting go sometimes of these false hopes. But I think it's really important that we learn to let them go because once we let go of the false hopes, we can actually put on the real hope. So work through this list with me here for a little bit, and that's all we'll end today. This first thing I've thought of, which is kind of rules the world, is money. Here in a Western culture, money is really important to us. Now, as Christians, I don't think we would say we all love money, we all chase money, but it's a slippery slope, isn't it? We all know money is important for things in life, and so there's a slippery slope of having money and using money for the means that it's necessary for, but not falling into the category of those who love money or chase money or trust in money because that's a false hope, isn't it? Money often becomes a false hope for people that we think if we get money, it will give us the security that we're looking for. And it will be that security blanket to know it's okay if life goes this way because I have money. I have a knowledge of how I'm going to be able to provide for my family. I can look at my account in the bank. I can see my money. I can trust in my money. I can feel secure based on my money. And I'm telling you right now, and scripture backs us up, that money is a false hope. Now, all of us can have money and use money without it being a false hope, without it being sinful and wrong. But like I said before, money is even a slippery slope. I don't think you need to be rich in order to use money properly. And oftentimes, people that are poor, people that don't have a lot of money, fall into the category of loving money because they don't have the money and they look to money for the security that money can provide. And that's dangerous and that's wrong. And money was never supposed to be our security blanket. Money was never supposed to be our true hope because money isn't permanent. Even rich people know there come seasons in life where you are hurting financially and money kind of goes away and you were doing well and then you lost your job and now you're kind of scrambling to make ends meet and for a while you trusted in your money and you felt secure based on that money but now that money's not there anymore and now you're like wondering what am I going to do? And money's a false hope because it was never meant to be our real hope. And I really truly believe if we want the hope of salvation and we're talking about the real lasting eternal hope that salvation brings and if you want to understand that more listen to our lesson this past sunday i don't have the time to go into it again here today but salvation brings true lasting eternal hope that never spoils never fades and money it cannot say that money fades money spoils money goes away money is stolen money can be taken from us we can spend money foolishly we can all kinds of ways we can lose money and money suddenly isn't there to help us when we need it most. 
And it's certainly not going to be there at the end at Judgment Day to help us. No one is going to be able to buy their way into heaven. No one. I don't care how rich that person is. Jeff Bezos, I don't care if he goes up to the kingdom of God and says, I'll give you, you know, $80 billion if you just let me into the kingdom of God. Money doesn't work there. Money's of no value there. So money's not a real hope. But it often is a security blanket that we hang on to. And, and I really believe in order to have the helmet of salvation, we got to take off the hat of money, if you will, and let go of that false hope. Not necessarily get rid of all your money, but be very careful over chasing it and loving it and trusting in money. And if you find yourself getting into that category, then take it before the Lord and let the Lord sort it out and say, Lord, am I trusting in money? Am I loving money? Am I looking to money for my security? And if so, Father, help me. Show me that money cannot be the answer. Money is not real hope. So that's number one. Number two is a very broad one as well. It's relationships. Now, obviously, we know we need relationships. Relationships are a good thing. I think relationships are from God. But with every gift that we're given, there's a blurry line, right, over where it becomes good and where it becomes bad. And sometimes relationships, unfortunately, become another security blanket. That we look to people, whether it's family or friends or a significant other, to give us what only the Lord can give us, right? And we all know what it's like to trust in someone and have that someone let us down. We've all had experiences like that where we looked to someone and asked them to be our security and they weren't able to do it. And we got hurt. And we learned what it was like to not trust in relationships. But for some reason, we find ourselves going back to that security blanket to say, oh, I got to hang on to that. I can't let it go. If I don't have these people, if these people aren't there for me, then I'm not going to be able to go on. But we have this thing in our culture called death. Death takes people from us, doesn't it? Sometimes death takes us from people. Relationships on earth are meant to be temporary. They're not meant to be a security blanket. They are a false hope if we're looking to relationships for our security and for our hope. We are never supposed to love in a person, love a person to such a degree that they become our hope. Or we trust in people to such a degree that they become our security. Relationships need to be kept in balance with the true relationship that we have in the Lord because that one is permanent. That one we can never be let down by. The relationship we have with Jesus Christ is real hope and the relationship we have with people, if we trust in it, is false hope. So that's another one that people look to. That's a security blanket that I honestly think we need to let it go if it's becoming dangerous and bad and out of balance. And only you know that. I don't know that. I only know it about my own self and my own relationships. But look inwardly today. Am I looking to relationships for only the hope that God can bring me? And if so, again, I need to sort that one out. I need to take that to God in prayer. I need to look at the people in my life and consider them. They're, they're good and they're healthy, but they're not my hope. My hope is Jesus. Here's another one that's very common today, probably bigger than it's ever been, and it's fitness fitness and looks, good looks and being admired and being liked, that's big today. People want to be admired and looked up to and liked. And we have Instagram so people can like our pictures and tell us how great we look. And we like to look trim and fit because we get praised when we're trim and fit. And we like to look good and have makeovers and, you know, pedicures or whatever it is. And we like for people to praise us. And oftentimes that becomes a security blanket. 
that if we feel like people like us and like how we look and they're praising us, then we feel good about ourselves. We feel secure about ourselves. And I know that people in Hollywood struggle to this to such degrees because when they're fit and they look great, people are praising them and saying, please be in our movie. And then they turn 40, 45, 50, 60, whatever it is, and they start to lose a little bit of that looks, a little bit of that fitness. And suddenly the phone calls stop and people aren't chasing them anymore. And we all know it, right? We all see it when someone has plastic surgery or whatever, an attempt to hang on to the good looks and the fitness so that people will continue to praise them and admire them. And sadly, that's a false hope. And it breaks my heart to see so many people do that where their value is completely in how they look and how fit they are. And when they kind of lose that, they kind of lose their value as well because it was never supposed to be a real hope. It's a false hope. It's a forgery hope. And if fitness looks being admired and being liked are our hope, it's going to fail us. It is. And we got to remember that our only true hope is the hope we find in the helmet of salvation, that God accepts us, regardless of how we look, regardless of how pretty we are, regardless of how fit we are, regardless of age takes a toll on us. God accepts us. God loves us. And one day we're going to get new bodies, glorified bodies that will never fade and never spoil. And those are the things we should hope in and trust in, not the, the fading bodies we have on this earth. They're just supposed to get worse. I'm 40 years old now and I'm starting to see my body change and become a little lesser and weaker and, and it's oh it's just so sad. You're looking at your body going, oh, I can't do the things I used to do. I wish I could, but I can't because the body is, is a false hope. Here's another one that is big today is TV, movies, and sports. The very fact that we have something called binge watching proves to me that we're looking to TV and screens for a false hope. Um, and maybe it's not a hope like the other ones are. Maybe we're not putting our trust in it. But maybe it's one of those things that comforts us, kind of like a security blanket, kind of like my blanket with my, with my daughter Adelaide. Is she kind of needs it. When she feels comforted and wants to drink her milk and wants to sit in, her, in a chair and a couch, she wants her blanket because it brings her comfort. And I think TV, movies, and sports do that for a lot of us. You know, we have hard days. People are mean to us. We do have financial stress. Our bodies do hurt. Things are scary. So we turn to TV, movies, and sports to distract us, to make us laugh, to make us feel good, for us to just have a release. And, and that's fine to a degree. I don't know if it's always bad, but the problem is, is when we turn to that thing instead of the Lord, because it's such a temporary fix. It doesn't actually heal anything. And the Lord says, listen, I can heal you. I can strengthen your legs. I can give you hope. I can help the wounds. I can help the sadness. I can be your shepherd. I can bring green pastures. I can fill your cup. I can comfort you with my rod and my staff. Let me do it. But we turn to TV, movies, and sports because it comforts us. And once it becomes our hope, it becomes a dangerous hope. And in order to get the real hope, we got to put that hope away and say, that can't be my hope, that can't be my security, I only have to find this in Jesus. Another one is power and leverage. Um, people like to have a little bit of power in life. They like to look at life and say, I'm, a I'm, I'm in control a little bit. And when people lose control and don't have any leverage, man, it seems like a very dangerous place to be. But when I look at the characters in Scripture, often the people that love God the most had no power and leverage on earth. Paul was in prison all the time. He had no rights. 
He had no right to get out of prison and live his life. He was in a dungeon. He was being fed really horribly, clothed really horribly. There were no bathrooms. It was a horrible, horrible place to be. But he loved the Lord and he was so content in the Lord. I'm like, man, how did he do it? He had no power and no leverage, no freedom. But his hope was in the Lord. And that gave him courage and that gave him hope in places that people just don't find hope. Because if we have power and leverage and control and freedom, then we have a leg to stand on. We have something that can help our footing. We have a little bit of leverage. But when all of that is taken away from us, we feel like we don't have our security blanket. So we want a little bit of control, a little bit of power. We don't necessarily want to be power hogs, but we want that control and leverage to say, okay, I still have control over this area. And I told you before, when you trust in Jesus Christ, you let go. Before you hold on, to Christ, you got to let go of everything else because Christ is going to be your only savior and he can hold you up and bear you up. But in order for you to know that you got to let go of your power and your control, you got to let God have all control in your life. Rattle through the last three kind of fast, um, anger and frustration. <clears throat> I don't know if people would say that's a security blanket and a false hope, but I, I feel that's kind of under the control thing is when I have anger and I can vent and I can have a little bit of frustration. I feel like I have a way of control, a way of shouting, a, a way of, you know, um, just getting in the face of life and saying, oh, you can't control me any longer. Worry and anxiety are kind of another one like that. It's like sometimes when I worry and feel anxious, I feel responsible. Like I should be doing that. It feels, it feels responsible to worry and to be anxious. It feels like I'm doing something. And if I can't worry and can't be anxious, it feels like I'm lazy. And I know that's a trick of the devil, but anxiety and worry is another false hope. It's not real hope. Anger and, and, and worry and anxiety, all they do is steal from us. And in the light of day, we all know it. We're like, oh yeah, that can't actually help my life. But in the dark periods of life, we turn to anger. We turn to worry. We turn to anxiety because it feels like it helps us a little bit. But it's another false hope. And the last one, the big one, is sin. Any sin that we turn to to find comfort is a very, very dangerous, bad, and false hope. Sin is never going to help us. Sin is never going to improve our lives. Sin is never going to give us hope. In fact, like we said on Sunday, it's like a credit card. When you turn to sin, it promises you now joy and now pleasure. And once you get that, it starts stealing from you. And you get into a hole and you find a hard time climbing out of that hole because that's what sin does. It buries you. And all of these things that we mentioned, the problem with them is they don't offer real hope. They can't. Only the Lord and the salvation we find in the Lord offers true, lasting, lingering, eternal hope. It will never go away. It's going to be here today. It'll be here tomorrow. It'll be here in a hundred years. It'll be here in a million years. We'll always have it. We'll always be comforted. We'll always have security God will never let us go. God will never not protect us or provide for us. Who else can say that? What else can offer us that? And the answer is nothing. And so for us to have the helmet of salvation, for us to put on the helmet of salvation, the question for us today is what do we need to let go of? What do we need to take off first? If we're looking to some of these things to offer us hope, I think we have to remove that first in order to put our helmet of salvation on because the helmet of salvation does offer us hopeful courage but only when we say to every other false hope in my life, you can't help me. I've tried it. You failed me. I need the true lasting hope of salvation of Jesus. 
And that is the helmet we should put on every single day. And everything else that offers us hope, check it. Take an inventory of your life and say, am I trusting in that thing? Am I looking to that thing for strength and security? And if I am, Father, help me let it go and help me put your helmet of salvation on today because if I have real hope, I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to go on in this battle. I'm going to be a determined warrior. I'm going to accomplish God's will and my treasure is going to be permanent and eternal. And I think every single person wants real hope, but we're looking to the wrong places for it. Christian, are you looking to the wrong places for it today? Look to Jesus. Remember where the true hope is. And I hope that would encourage you in the battle today. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.